lock the doors, turn up the radio, strap yourself in. Because it's time for the Matt Wyatt Show. The guy who's the color commentator for Mississippi State football and SEC baseball. So, yeah, he brings a lot to the game. And he's right here. Right now. Well, just like that, it's Monday. Welcome into the show. Welcome into the show. Welcome into the Bureau. I'm Matt. Glad to be with you on this Monday, Monday. Been a few days. Hope you all enjoyed some basketball at the end of last week. If you um, normally tune into the radio show live in Jackson every day, uh, you got to hear basketball on the radio Thursday and Friday, state championship basketball. Hey, Bill, I, I think that mic's still on. I hear myself coming through the speakers there in the studio. But But speaking of Bill... Bill was telling me all about it a minute ago, like it was a whole weekend of great ball games, huh, Bill? In Jackson, yeah, it was, it was great. Uh, there were some great teams there and some yeah. great play. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, especially that game Saturday night with Clinton and Olive Branch. The final yeah, game. It, was, it was amazing. And how'd that one wind up again? It wound up seventy-six, seventy-five. Clinton came from behind and to won beat him and won it by one second, point. Second state championship, yeah. And they were down by twelve at one time. There was it back. The is quarter. it back to back for Clinton now? Yeah, yeah, they won last year too. How about that? And I was telling you the the best player on Clinton's team. Guess where he's headed? Yep, Mississippi State. Going to state. Well, they need all the help they can get. Let's yep. put it that way. <laughs> he'll, he'll <clears throat> well, I take that. State actually played pretty well the other night against uh, Auburn. Took it to overtime and didn't 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 get it done, but did make a showing. You know. All right, so we're just getting started with you. It's kind of a reaction Monday. Um, I'm fighting off the cough and cold, but I'm with you. I am with you. And you've got reaction to the baseball weekend. It was uh, losing a series on the road for State, winning a series on the road for uh, Ole Miss. So kind of, you know, just more of the same. We can get into some of the baseball stuff. I know a lot of State baseball fans kind of starting to get up in arms a little bit and Worried about the way things look. You have to be careful with early season baseball. It can fool you. It, it, really, it really can fool you year to year, especially you know considering what your expectations are uh, coming into the year. But all that to get into uh, baseball uh, today. You do have spring football right around the corner. You do have a story from the NFL that may raise a few eyebrows, particularly one of our fans who's a big Cowboys fan, who uh, Chris, who... Um, Loves the Cowboys. There's one particular Cowboys player who may not, well, very likely won't be there next year. So we'll get into all that and more, excuse me, coming up here on the show. Thanks for tuning in here today. Lots of ways for you to be a part of the show, and I hope you will consider it. Shoot me a text on the country, please, and text line. It's 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number, 885-ESPN or 885 885- 3776. That's uh, one way to get in here on the conversation. Another way, call me on the Divinity phone, Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. It's 995 1059. That's a 601 number, 995 1059. So give me a call. <clears throat> we'll get to talk, hear your voice today uh, here on this Monday. Looking forward to that. So what did happen Saturday? Because I was, you know, I was at the basketball tournament, but mm-hmm. I kind of tuned in to see what was going on with the game, and it was ten to five state when I, yeah, when I went away, and all of a sudden I hear they lost eleven to ten. Yeah, it, lost it, <laughs> got walked off, and uh, Tulane oh, hit a Tulane hit a, I guess a walk off home run. It was either in the tenth or eleventh inning, uh, one of the others. Yeah, state, 
you know, they kind of blew them out on Friday night. State scored, I think it was like 19 runs back on Friday night. Yep. And uh, and then Saturday, yeah, game two, Bill, they had, I want to say they were up maybe 10-2, 10-3 at, at one point in the middle innings. And then, you know, a, a leak here and a leak there. It closed yeah. the gap, made it a four-run game late. Tulane did, and then loaded the bases and... Went grand slam home run, tied the ball game up, I believe. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> and um, so it was. Yeah, and then extra innings. The thing about it was, State gets the outs in the bottom of the ninth. They get it to the top of the tenth, and even if I'm not mistaken, we can go back and look. But in that game, see, tie game, it goes to the tenth. They're the visiting team, so they're going to bat first there in the top of the uh, of the tenth uh, inning. And I believe they got the leadoff runner on. I believe it was Luke Hancock, who, by the way, was in the leadoff spot in the lineup. Offensively, outside of Sunday, they just looked better and more confident with Luke Hancock in the leadoff spot. Um, but I believe he led off that 10th inning. Let's see, top of the 10th. Yeah. So here's the thing about it. Tie ball game, you go to extras, right? You're on the road. They've come back, tied it up. And Luke Hancock leads the top of the tenth inning off with a double, a leadoff double. You got the go-ahead run at second base with no outs, and then you get a, uh, you know, you're letting Cameron James, who's batting in the two hole there, you're letting him swing away. He's not bunting him over, but a ground ball effectively sacrifices Hancock over to third base. I believe is how that worked, or did he stay at second? Regardless, you got a ground out. Hunter Hines went up there, the freshman from Madison Central, who had a great weekend at the plate overall. You know, he had a he had a couple of hits or three hits, whatever it was in that Friday night, had a bomb home run. He had another monster home run on Sunday. But he's up there in the 10th. He struck out. There's your second out. They walked Logan Tanner. And eventually, um, with, I guess, bases loaded there in the 10th inning, they struck out Brad Cumbust. Yeah, yeah, so you had an, a hot hitter at the plate, but you just couldn't get that timely hit. And so, really, for State, the whole weekend, that was the Achilles. Was, you know, f- of course, Friday night, they got plenty of clutch hitting and 19 runs, and they were helped by Tulane, really kicked the ball around some, made some errors. But um, their Saturday, Sunday losses, it was clutch hitting, hitting with runners in scoring position. Uh, two out hitting. They just didn't get it. They didn't get the swings they needed to win the game uh, in those clutch situations. And then there's it's really threefold. Okay, so in the two losses for State this weekend in Tulane, it's timely hitting. But the other thing is you did have that that big lead at one point. State was up seven to two after two innings. Eight to two. They were up ten to two after uh, in in middle of third. After four innings, they were up 10-3. to three. Okay, so the thing was, you get a great start, or a good start from Preston Johnson. You just bullpen, doesn't hold it there. You know, you had some guys go in and couldn't throw strikes. You had other guys go in and just get hit all over the ballpark. So, so number one, timely hitting, didn't have enough of it. Number two, bullpen issues. And then number three really is the biggest one, is it looks like you probably have lost Landon Sims your best player, your leader, future first rounder, your Friday night starter, 
He was just mowing two-lane hitters down on Friday night. He struck out 10 of the first 11 guys that he faced. The only one he didn't strike out was a pop-up on the infield. And um, was just that he was untouchable and then throws a pitch and uh, immediately he's shaking his arm. They take him out of the ball game. He was seen pretty emotional in the dugout. They are supposed to have an MRI today. Who knows when, once they get back to start, well, today, um, who knows when you get the results. The thing about it is the baseball, the, the, the rest of the team, I guess, has gone to Biloxi because they play mm-hmm. tomorrow night and Wednesday night against Texas Tech and Biloxi. But I guess, I don't know this, but I just, I, based on what I heard, I guess Landon Sims traveled separately back to Starkville get an MRI done. It did not sound good, and the whole situation didn't look good. So best-case scenario is not what everybody thinks, and you get him back at some point, but you're going to go without him for a while. Worst case is he's thrown his last pitch for you as a Bulldog. I hadn't heard any confirmation either way. And uh, if that's the case, then it's just a huge blow. I mean, you know, you look at last year's team, for instance, last year State had – Two, like, guaranteed first-rounders on its pitching staff. Bednar and Sims, both. Two guaranteed first-round pitchers, Bednar and Sims. And now this year you don't have any. <laughs> okay? And and it just kind of shows you the difference. So now not only do you not have Sims closing, but you don't have him starting either. Everybody shifts up, and it's, whoo, now all of a sudden it's real, real different. Uh, for the for the team, you know, for Sims, you hate it for him too. The thing about it is, if what it is is the UCL where they go have the Tommy John surgery, it's just not what it used to be. It's not a big deal anymore. Uh, you get it, and nobody blinks at it anymore. Not even the teams drafting; they don't even blink at it anymore. Um, but states up against it. They are just up against it right now in the early going. They're you know, rankings don't really matter. It's all about getting in the uh, NCAA tournament. But they just they look like a team right now that is going to have to do everything it can to scratch and claw, especially from a pitching staff perspective. And which you didn't think that coming in because they've had some other injuries too. So they're going to have to just scratch and claw all year long to, you know, I think – to be in the tournament, it's certainly to get into a hosting conversation with the way they've started. They're really going to have to, with the way that they've started here, non-con, with a few left, they're really going to have to, I think, you know, um, have a heck of a run in conference play. And that's going to be tough. Everybody's really uh, different this year. You know, Ole Miss is more veteran. Uh, LSU is better and more veteran. I don't know that Arkansas is better, but they're still good. You know, Vandy is what they are. Tennessee looks like after taking a step forward last year, Tennessee has taken another step forward. This year they are really good. Uh, Auburn's a much better baseball team, or at least has looked that way early on. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough to come out of that SEC, especially if you're shorthanded and you don't have your best pitcher, which that's the fear at State right now. That's the fear. You know, and uh, on the other side of I mentioned Ole Miss, they just continue to mow everybody down. Now, they did get pick up their first loss of the year. It was in game two of their series at UCF. 
And that was an extra innings, too. How about 0-0 going to extra innings and lose the game one to nothing on a walk-off there for uh, UCF in the, what, 11th? Bottom of the 11th? Something like that. But outside of that Saturday game, Ole Miss just cleaned their clock. They made short work of them on Friday, beat them like 9-1, to I think it was, yesterday. Uh, Ole Miss just really good. It's hard to sweep people on the road, you know. Two out of three, and, and, and your two wins are pretty dominant. Your only loss on the road was a extra innings deal. You'll take that. You'll take that. Uh, anybody will, especially in the position they're in. They're just really good this year. Loaded lineup, veteran lineup. Elko and Kevin Graham, those two guys are like 24, 25 years old apiece. <laughs> so they've got the pieces this year. If they can stay healthy, they are, they've got the pieces to make a run. And postseason will come down to pitching. Um, you know, you mentioned Tennessee. I mean, Auburn's better. Uh, Florida's good. They always are. But Florida uh, is going to be good. It's going to be a really tough out. Vandy, maybe, you know, you can look at rankings and all that stuff if you want to, but Vandy's going to be Vandy. Y'all can just go ahead and get ready for that. So it's going to be a um, state's in a position. They're in a tough spot this year. They really are. Where, well, I say that, but and I'm just being honest with you here. Um, you know, it's not trying to soften the blow or the situation uh, for state at all. That they're up against it, record-wise, wins-wise. You got to pile those things up. You got to get the RPI up. Conference play really take care of RPI, but you got to win games, right? Especially home games. You know, you play a, an SEC schedule and just don't get swept on the road, but win home games. You'll come out of it smelling like a rose from an RPI standpoint, and then get in the tournament and play your best then. Lots of teams. State has been a team in the past that's played its way to Omaha through other people's regionals and supers. They hadn't played in the postseason in Starville, but they've gone to Omaha. It can be done, right? But they are up against it just because right now they don't look like a team that, you know, has everything figured out. They they look like a team that, you know, has a lot of young players that they're high on, but some of those, other than Hunter Hines, haven't really been good enough to lock down an everyday spot. When you look at Alford and Downs and a lot of those folks, um, they're all good, but they're all first-year players, and there's a big gap between first-year players and third-year players, you know. And then you're missing a guy, and you're um, on the mound, you're you're now maybe missing one a little while out of the bullpen. I've heard about Hunt being a little banged up. I don't know what the situation is there. But State just has the look of a team that they got to toughen up quick. They're going to have to score a lot of runs to win. And uh, it could be up and down week to week on the mound without a, a known quantity in a first-round guy like Sims. That's just kind of where they are. So you just got to see it ball game to ball game. You know, with the talent that they have, you're going to have some games where they do what they did on Friday night. They go out there and they're barreling it up, and it's like, holy cow, look at them hit. And you're going to have other times when the timely hits don't come or one or two guys, you know, they the other team intentionally walks the right guy, gets to the right guy, and you look up and you get five, six hits in a ball game. That's not going to cut it. All right. Um... Let's see here. Unnamed texture said, Matt, heard anything new on Sims? Kind of covered it there. I've not heard anything official uh, myself. If y'all hear anything, let me know. I'm just, you know, the whole situation to me didn't look good. 
at least in terms of him being able to continue pitching. But until we hear officially, you never know. QB1 on the Country Pleasing Tech says, as great as State's bullpen has been these past few years, it's been detrimental to us this year. Now that Sims is likely done, we need to play much better over in for a long season. And see, the thing about it is, QB1, that's right. It's But it's not just one thing, is it? I mean, you can point to some things. Yesterday, uh, bases loaded, you got a one-run lead, and you balk. You balk the tying run in. Uh, on Saturday, <clears throat> the tying run – well, maybe I had that wrong. Was the go-ahead – anyway, I believe it was a Saturday game where you had a situation – with runners at second and third, you get a fly ball, sacrifice fly to right field, and the guy at third base tags up and scores, but the guy at second base tagged up and scored also. I don't know that I've ever seen that before, honestly. And and no matter how you play it, there's almost like there's a little bit of, I don't know, just lack of urgency or something on a sacrifice fly and catching a ball, getting it into the cutoff, and then relaying it back in to keep a guy from tagging up at second base. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen that. You know, so there's lots of there's lots of things they've got to do better. They just they just got a long way to go. Hoghead Cheese says, Matt, as you've said before, nobody should put too much emphasis on these early season games. Yeah, I mean, it'll fool you. I'm telling you, it has fooled me and many others in the past. Uh, you take little indications. I mean, there's nothing out of the ordinary whatsoever, Hoghead, for me coming in here going, you know, State right now looks like a team that they have way more to figure out at this point than a lot of these other SEC teams. And they've got a, a short couple of weeks to do it before they get into conference play. And then the beginning of conference play for them is not going to be easy. So, yeah, but but to make any big, vast judgments, you just – all kinds of stuff can happen. This I do know is you lose a guy like – if you lose a guy like Landon Sims, I mean, I if you were to line up all the state's guys in the order of the ones you could least afford to lose to an injury, Landon Sims is number one, okay? And you, you may have lost him. And so that's really, really tough for state if that's the case. Next Gen Reb says Graham was hurt on Saturday. No word on how severe yet. I'll tell you this, uh, Reb, next in Reb, he's one for Ole Miss that they're going to tell you they can't afford to lose him. That's a talented lineup. They got a lot of pieces, a lot of veteran players, but, you know, they he's at the top of their list of guys they can't afford to lose if they want to go and kind of reach their potential this year. Hog Jowl texts the show. He says, uh, even if Sims didn't get hurt, uh, it's very, very difficult to get back to Omaha. Well, sure it is. It ain't no doubt. It ain't no doubt. And see, the thing about it is, Hogjow State had been to Omaha three years in a row. Last year. You talk about how difficult it is. Think about that. Think about getting to Omaha three consecutive years with two different coaches. And then the third time you win it all, and then saying, okay, well, we're going to go back a fourth. I mean, what are the chances of that? It's slim, slim, slim to begin with. Earl in Madison said, uh, Matt, point made, but Elko is 23 and Graham is 22. They won't have birthdays during the season. Oh, okay, sorry, Earl. I didn't look it up. What did I say, 24 and 25? Okay, that's like I've told you 8 million times not to exaggerate, Matt. Okay, I got it. I didn't, you know, 
I can't remember what their ages are, but this I do know. 22 and 23-year-old guys in college are the oldest guys on the field. And I know what that feels like. It's amazing the difference. You know, you walk out there, you're one of the youngest guys to how it feels and how everything works when you walk out there and you're one of the oldest. It's just, it's, and it's, it's entirely different. Nick texted Sean, he said, I've played and watched a lot of baseball in my life. I don't think I've ever seen two runners tag and score from a fly ball to right field. And then he said the Stone-Simmons thing was questionable at best, but you don't give up an eight-run lead to a two-lane team. That can't happen if you're going to be a contender. Well, yeah, I mean, that last statement, Nick, I'm just telling you, maybe they won't. Maybe they don't get their head nose, keep their nose above water all year long. Maybe they have a terrible year. I don't know. But to say that can't happen if you're going to be a contender, no, it can. It can happen early in the year, and you can be a contender. Just ask uh, Jake Mangum and that bunch who went down about this time of year a few years ago, went to Southern Miss and got swept in a three-game series at the beginning of the year. Everybody wrote them off. Next thing you know, they're in Omaha. I mean, you can be a contender. It just shows you where you are right now. <laughs> whatever you, um, whatever expectations you had, it, it, you, we, we, especially in the clubhouse, you back down and you go, okay, listen, our expectation today is to get tougher as a team, period. We're going to coach harder, practice harder, play harder, focus better, because we are nowhere near where we need to be. And look, sometimes that can be a good thing. As a player, you have to figure out a way to make it a good thing, because you're right. It'll go downhill fast if you don't button it up. All right, just getting started with y'all on this Monday. Thanks for your text. Get them in. We'll get to those next on the Country Pleasing Text Line. I'm Matt. Stick around. Who's ready for some football? Hey, if you love football, so does he. It's the Matt Wyatt Show. Nobody breaks down quarterback play better than him. And he's right here, right now. Oh, right back with you here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes. That's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. Uh, the SWAC basketball tournament is going to happen this week. Where are they playing it, Bill? Birmingham. Over in Birmingham, Alabama. So is that the BJCC, I would assume? I believe that's where it is. That arena. But I'm not real sure about that, but I think so. The Birmingham Jefferson Civic Center. Let's see if that's the case. This we do know. I Well, let me put it this way. This I do know because Bill sent it to me in a text. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've got Jackson State men and women playing, both playing on Wednesday the 9th. And let's see, the men will be first. They are the um, seven seed in the SWAC men's tournament. By the way, Alcorn is the number one seed in the men's SWAC tournament. Uh, Alcorn will play Wednesday night late at 8.30 against Prairie View. Jackson State men are going to play at 2 o'clock on Wednesday afternoon against Texas Southern. Texas Southern is a two seed. Jackson State is a seven. So the men for Jackson State play at 2 That'll be the first game, I guess, of the day, huh? It'll be game one, yeah. Yeah, it'll be game one. For the for the men. 
And then the women are 18 and 0 in the SWAC. They scored over 100 points this past week against uh, Valley. They're the number one seed in the SWAC women's tournament, and they're going to play at 5:30 on Wednesday as the one seed against eight seed Arkansas Pine Bluff. So there you go. All right, let's see here. Is it the BJCC? I can't think of any other place they would play. Yeah, I don't either. In Birmingham, other than the Birmingham Jefferson Civic Center downtown. That's where they normally play. Though. Yeah, I got you. That arena, uh, I've been in there one time. And it was when I was maybe 7th, 8th grade. So you're, you're looking at around 89-ish, somewhere in there. Ago. Long time ago. And here's what we saw. My dad took me and two friends from school to the BJCC. We bought tickets outside the arena. They were on the very top row inside the BJCC. I'm talking about there's no seats behind us. We were in the last row. We are in the top of that arena. And we watched Alabama play Southern Miss in basketball. And Clarence Weatherspoon for Southern Miss took over that game. Just absolutely took over that game. In fact, I guarantee you, some of y'all could probably look that up. There's a box score floating around out there somewhere for that. But he had like he had a double double in points and rebounds, and like I want to say, he had double digit offensive rebounds in that game. They couldn't do Alabama couldn't do anything with Clarence Weatherspoon that particular night. We got to see it with our own eyes, which was pretty cool. It's the only time I've ever been in there. And in years past, that BJCC, they host the, uh, or have for a lot of years, hosted the Alabama State Basketball Championships. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was younger growing up in Alabama, they split them up like they do in football, and they would send half the classifications to Auburn and the other half to Tuscaloosa, and they'd play the basketball stuff that way. But... um I guess they centralized it in recent years, just sent them all to Birmingham, kind of like we do here in Mississippi. Yeah. You know, go to the state capitol and play in that arena. There. Well, I do know one thing. With both the men and the women from Jackson State playing, yeah, there are going to be some folks there. Oh, yeah. I guarantee, I'm guaranteed that there's, it's going, they're going to show up. There will be some people there oh, uh, for sure. No and if you can't about. make it, we'll be carrying the games on our sister station, WOAD, 1300 AM and 103.3 FM. Got it. Got it. Uh, a couple of quick reminders of other things for you here. Today is National Cereal Day. And I don't mean as in killer. I mean the kind you eat, cereal. Mm-hmm. Favorite National Cereal Day. Uh, I put a top four out there today on Twitter. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Sugar Smacks, Honeycomb, and Cocoa Pebbles. Here's the thing, though. They uh, they changed the name of Sugar Smacks to Honey Smacks yep. because apparently somewhere along the way, sugar became a bad word. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. Get that word sugar off the box. <laughs> yeah. But it's all 90% sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cinnamon, but it is sugar. I hadn't had any of them in a long time and I, either, so that, and I'll tell you that's that. That's your top four cereals. Well, it's like a f- top four all-timer for me. So mm-hmm. I have I to like, consider I, like being a kid also. Oh, yeah. You know, as an adult, I don't eat I don't eat Cocoa Pebbles anymore. I don't eat Sugar Smacks anymore. <laughs> you know, but I did. 
I like Captain Crunch peanut butter. Yeah, Captain Crunch peanut butter flavor. Ooh. Yeah, buddy, that's good stuff. That's good. Yeah. And I like cornflakes, and I like frosted flakes a lot. Yeah, see, I never did really understand the cornflakes when you could get sugar. You could and get frosted flakes. Frosted flakes, yeah, sugar flakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Cheerios are good, too. Cheerios. Honey Nut. Cheerios. Cheerios. Those are kind of a classic, you know. They got one now that's got a cherry flavor. My wife yeah. brought it home the other day. I said, oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Raisin, Raisin Bran. Oh, yeah, that's, you know. that's good. If you want to get your brand, yeah. Yeah. Get your fiber. Mm-hmm. I love so, those raisins. Some of the other votes that came in on National Cereal Day. Somebody likes Pops. I like Pops and Apple Jacks. Yeah. I'd forgotten about Apple Jacks. I'm not big on Fruity Pebbles. People like, you know, these Fruity Pebbles. I don't want the Fruity things. Fruity Pebbles. I don't want them. Turn your bowl all different colors. You know, that's like Lucky Charms. What is it? Why would you want to eat something that turns the milk in your cereal blue? It turns it blue. Why would you want to eat that? That's just my thoughts on it. Thought I'd pass that along. Today's you think nice. it'd be green since it's Lucky Charms. <laughs> they magically delicious. You would, wouldn't you? You'd think it'd be green. Oh, sure to be gone. They're magically delicious. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. Um, and since I'm going to Nashville next week, I thought I'd bring this up for you, Bill. Uh, on this day, and I had forgotten about a lot of this, the way it sounded until I went back and researched it. But on this day in 1983, TNN began broadcasting the Nashville Network. Oh, You're yeah. on the Nashville Network, where the country's looking good. <laughs> Welcome to Music City, USA, and the Nashville Network. <laughs> a special edition of Nashville Now. We'll take you on a spectacular five-hour right, guided tour. This is a five-hour guided tour is how they started. That's how they opened the network. Of the Nashville Network. Here's your Nashville Now host, Ralph Emery. I knew it would be him. You knew it would be old Ralph, didn't uh, you? He just passed away. He sure did. Well, uh, hi, everybody. Welcome to opening night on the Nashville Network. We're having a party. <laughs> I'll be hosting Nashville now, a 90-minute live show you'll be seeing each weeknight here on the Nashville Network. Yeah, isn't that right. the Gaylord family that, that did that? Uh, Same people had WSM and all that's right. Opryland now. All that. Yeah, you can go stay at the Gaylord yeah. Opryland Hotel. Yeah, yeah, it, Nashville. It's now. probably CMT now. Isn't it? It's yeah, I don't know. I don't I think it might be. I don't CMT. know if it's the same thing. To be Could, totally honest with be. you, yeah. Uh, TNN, you know, the Nashville Network, and you had Crook and Chase. Oh yeah, you remember that? Yeah. They had Lori a, Crook. That's had a, right. Had a thing for her. She was gorgeous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, and then Ch uh, Charlie Chase had had that great big radio booming voice. Oh and he was man, the, yeah. You know, yeah. That that was a good show. It was a good show. Anyway, there's your memories of good Nashville. entertainment. It was. I mean, it was. It was. They they tried their best. They tried their best. It was good, though. It was good. <laughs> we did as good as we could. Right. All right. Let's do uh, our best and head over to the phone line. Divinity Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. Chris on line one. Hey, Chris, what's up? Um, well, surely not my fan is of the day. You're not, you're, not, you're not giving up on your prediction just yet, are you? I'm not giving up, but I'm on the verge. Mm -hmm. I am on the verge. I mean, I said it that it would have to be something drastic for me to come off of it. I think losing Landon Sims is probably drastic enough. We'll see how they go without him. Yeah. And 
I mean, I don't know. You know, I was happy Friday. I mean, to see what they did Friday night. And then to see what they did the first, what, seven innings of that game in Saturday and then just looked like the wheels fell off. Yeah, right. I just, I couldn't understand it. And, I mean, our bullpen, they don't have to step it up if we're going to do anything in conference play. They definitely are going to have to step it up. Uh, and I'll tell you this too, Chris. Nick sent me a text uh, so that I would see it. Steve Robertson over at Gene's page and 24-7 Sports, he's saying that, you know, Landon's going to have the MRI today here on Monday. We don't know yet. Uh, but that also Stone Simmons is being treated for something. He came out of that eighth inning. That's the only reason. That's the reason he only threw one inning the other night. Is he came out and had some, according to Steve, some tightness. And I would assume that's in his throwing arm. So just something to keep an eye on. Well, the two best pitchers are just ridiculous. We get the offense going and the pitchers just give way. <laughs> Well, and it's it feels like basketball season all over again. Yeah, I know. hey, but, you know, I was going. I had a good bit to say. So. Well, hang on. If I you, if, yeah, if you can hang on, we'll come right to you. And if you need to call us back, that's fine too. But, but just hang tight. We'll, we'll come to you. Just getting started with y'all here on this Monday in the bureau. I'm Charlie. Ch- I, no, I'm not Charlie. No, Chase. You're not. I'm I'm Matt Lori. Ryan. <laughs> I'm Lori Crook. <laughs> and we'll be right back in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. Show. The guy who, if he's not talking sports, hey, he's fishing for bass, okay? But he's right here right now. Hey, okay, back with you. Rolling along here at hour number one in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. I'm Matt. Bill is here. Chris hanging on the phone. Had some other stuff he wanted to get into. Uh, hey, and... I don't know if this is one of them, Chris, but I just thought I'd bring it up and lead it in there uh, for you. I'm seeing where the Cowboys are likely to release Amari Cooper. Coop apparently has played his last snap for the Dallas Cowboys. I didn't know if you were going to bring that up or not. What do you think? Uh, We'll see. I mean, I don't really know for sure. Yeah. I keep hearing it coming through the channels, but you don't never really know. I mean, never never know what they're going to do. Jerry Jones is unpredictable, that's for sure. Yeah, I saw where he's, but, he's hey, got Hey, I wanted also, I also wanted to give a shout-out to the girls yesterday for playing hard and doing the best they could. I mean, that's going to be – I do not want to be John Cohen in that situation. Yeah. Just put it that way. And, I mean – Back to the baseball. It's just, I don't know, Matt. It just seems weird this year. It seems like, almost like 2017. Like we're just having one thing after another happen to us. Mm. The pitching staff is getting decimated. and I mean, I don't, this is the first time, though, that Chris Lamontis has been here. And I feel like this weekend, those were some of the worst calls as coaches that any of them have ever made. I mean, really, some of those calls coming out of the bullpen are Fox's worst coaching performance. Probably Lamont's worst coaching. 
Yeah. But well, I, here's what I'll say about that. For how long? That's the thing about it, Chris. Is like he's got a track record of stuff working out, and and the thing is too on the on the pitching stuff. I know there were some complaints about it, okay. But then when you get a little more information, the the number one thing people were upset about was back on what was it? Back on Saturday, not running Stone Simmons back out there after he just mowed three guys. He threw like nine pitches and get three outs, mowed them down in the eighth inning, and then they didn't put him back out there in the ninth. But it turns out now we know there was a little twinge in his arm, apparently, and they're trying to protect him. Okay, so that was the right move, even though at the time people didn't know what they were, didn't know why he didn't go back out. The other thing is I just look at it and go, you know, it's early in the year when you look at Jack Walker, Auger, just a couple of examples out of the pen who are brand new guys, right? They don't know. So obviously those guys have been good in practice and in scrimmages, but you're trying to figure out if they're good in games. Well, Walker's a freshman. That guy who gave up that grand slam the other day, he was pitching in high school in Louisiana this time last year. You know, so so maybe he's maybe he looked ready in in everything they were doing, but he's not ready, you know, so I understand that, but what I'm gonna say is this is you got a freshman that was pitching last year in high school, too, is pitching great. I mean, my opinion is that you shouldn't have never run Cam Filler out there. He hasn't done it. You know, it's a short season and a small sample size, but he hasn't done anything to think that we should have put him in that situation. Maybe if we're still up by seven. Well, why not I mean, run, he, but the thing is, tell her. What, but what other guy are you talking about? What other left-hander? Pico Kahn. Yeah, Kahn. Why not run him out? He's Con, done good yeah. all year. I mean, you should have put him out there. Well, but I'll say this. Right, well, I'll say this, though, Chris. Not, I'm not doing this just to argue with you. I'm just trying to look at it from all angles. See, Cam Tuller did pitch a bunch of big innings for you throughout last season, even in the postseason, you know. And they, by all accounts, felt really good about him coming into the year. They did make a little bit of a delivery change on Cam Tuller, and they dropped him down. Just, so he's this left-handed guy who – who they drop him down just a little bit more three-quarter, and it made his delivery different. It made the break on the ball a lot more horizontal across the plate. And had, he was a big strikeout guy for him in scrimmages and stuff. Well, what you may have found out is that here in the early part of the year, that little bit of a delivery change, he may not be as 100% confident in it as he needs to be in order to throw strikes consistently. You know, you make a little bit of a delivery yeah. change. It's one thing to do it in scrimmages, and it's another thing to do it on the road. You, you have one little problem with the release point, and now you're not throwing strikes. So so I agree exactly. with you. Con, Pico Con, the freshman, has looked good, I mean, at times. He's not well, by any stretch been said, dominant, though. But what I'm going to say to what you just said to combat it, is if you did that and you know that and you know the young man's struggling, you shouldn't have put him in that situation. Well, I don't think they know that, though. I guess I didn't make that point, though, Chris. In the times that Tuller has been out there on the mound so far this year, he hasn't had, he hadn't necessarily had control issues. He did in his outing right. against Tulane. And, you know, pitching coaches or any coach, um, you you really can only go by what you've seen in practice and scrimmages and bullpens and what little bit of game stuff you have. See, last year, think about this too. It's the same coaching staff 
Chris, that last year, by about this point in the year, had, you know, say 10 to 12 games, first 10, 12 games of the season, they pitched 22 different pitchers on the mound in those first, you know, couple of weeks of the season last year. Ran through every pitcher they had, figured out who could do what based on game experience because all prior to that, all they had was practice experience. So on that same stuff, and it worked out, I think that you got all these different arms. You're, tr- you're trying your best to find a left-handed guy you can depend on. You know, because... Uh, I will say this. I haven't lost hope because of the past two years that what Lamonis and Foxhall and Gotro have been to do together. And it looks like Gotro finally got them where they need to be. You know, we just need to find the... the, the, the we need to find the Tanner Allen. The person that's going to come up to the plate and actually get the hit, what yeah. we need is the most. Yeah. And the I other agree. thing is, is, the last thing I'll say before I leave you is, hey, if we make it back to the World Series and we get where I said we would get two, three months ago, this is going to be the best coaching job that I've ever seen in any sport. I mean, because it's going to take mm-hmm. a gigantic effort to start off six to six and six and lose to some of the people that we've lost to already and still get back to where we want to be. Yeah, but anyway, hey, happy happy thoughts. Have a great day. Chris for kids, Matt. Appreciate it, Chris. Thank you, man. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it'd be one heck of a turnaround based on how it's looked so far. Lynn on line two. Thanks for calling. Lynn, what's up? How about it, Matt? Hey, man. I, I is using Chris for this or nobody else really, but I – you know, last year, Lamontis could do no wrong because everything he did was right. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he's made some calls, and they didn't work. And now it's like they're starting to say he can't do right. But we got enough proof to know the bank and coach. You're not going to make every right move. You're just not. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. You, and you can't be that lucky. I don't care who you are. Uh, we need to relax. We know the bank can coach. We know Fox Hawk can coach. We know Coach Hawk can coach. That's right. I ain't forgot how to coach. No. Coaching is not their so not their issue right now, Lynn. That's just all no, those two. No, it's not. Man. We're not playing good baseball, and if we're gonna play bad baseball, I'd soon do it right now as I had late. Uh, the question is, are we gonna get out of it? Now that's, that's the it. question. Yeah. Are we ever gonna be what we're capable of, of being? Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna blame the coaching staff for it if we're not, because I've seen what they can do. Yeah, I I totally I agree, Lynn. I agree with you. They they don't. <laughs> You know, whatever issues they have had or are going to have this year, it's it's got nothing to do with coaching. Um, no, it's going to be on the players' heads this time. That's it. it. Just I mean, really is. And well, I, and I love them all, and I wish them the best. Well, and I do too. But they're young, you know. Well, I shouldn't. You know, I hesitate to to always say, you know, okay, use young, and it starts to sound like an excuse. You know, are they supposed to put the bat on the ball? Sure. Are you supposed to, you know, get a sack fly in from right field so the guy from second base can't score? Sure. Are you supposed to be clean mechanically on the mound so they have to earn a run instead of balking it in? Sure. All these things, they got all this little things they can do better. And they can get better at bats, and they will, you know. Uh, and they will. And seeing spin and stuff. It's just there's this extra level of kind of – I don't know, knowing how to win, you know, just knowing how to figure out a way to win. There's something to that. 
And, and right now we don't have it. They don't have that right now. Right now there are a bunch of talented guys trying to become a team. And yep. you know they're not. You go from you know you go from last year's team you get the national player of the year. You got a four-year starter in your leadoff spot playing center field. You got two first-round picks for sure, first-round picks in your pitching staff. This year you have none of yep. that. Now now that Sims is hurt, right. you, you got none of that. They're they're trying to become a team, and in some ways, I'm telling you, in order for them to get grounded and maybe then be able to work into starting to you know piece together their potential, getting their getting their nose bloody. Yeah, getting their nose bloody, and it might be it might actually help them in the long run to go on the road. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. I, I, I'm not worried about them. I, I don't think we should be expecting a national title out of them. I mean, they might win it. It's possible. But we're putting too much on the team that lost some really key guys. And I probably did it too early on. But after watching them play a little bit, yeah. I just want them to get better each day. At that's this it. Point, let's see where it goes. And hopefully let's make the postseason. We don't even have to host. We want to make a regional at the least. That's it. I'm with you, Lynn. I I, I think that's right. I think right now, based on what we've seen, it's a team that they just need to get all the rough edges smoothed out, do all the little things right, and and just play solid, yep. clean baseball, and then let's see what happens. They're not quite there right now. Forget, Appreciate it, Lynn. Get the hub of the ride and just play good ball. Have a good match. You too, man. Thank you for the call. That's hour one in the books. Hour two coming up in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. 